You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Hello, it's Lee Campbell here. I'm jumping into your ears to introduce my brand new podcast. It's called How to Build a Human, made in partnership with Lego Duplo, and it's for parents of toddlers. Over the next eight weeks, join me as I speak to some of Australia's best-known parents and our resident parenting expert, Jen Muir, to work out the best ingredients it takes to raise a well-rounded child, ready for their big future. Here's a taste of the first episode, and if you like it, come over and follow us. This episode of How to Build a Human is made in partnership with Lego Duplo. To help build resilience, confidence, and self-expression, start off big with Lego Duplo. My name is Lee Campbell and I'm the parent of a three-year-old human. His name is Alexander. Hello! And if I were to describe him in a few words, they would be cheeky, imaginative, sweet, definitely defiant and hilarious. Can you say hello? Hello. Say really happy. I'm really happy. No, say- but there are a whole lot of other qualities that I hope he becomes too. Creative, considerate, resilient. I mean, I could list them all day. That's where Mamma Mia's new podcast, How to Build a Human, comes in. Over the next eight episodes of How to Build a Human, I'm going to be joined by parents of toddlers like Sean Zepp. For me, it's less about don't do that. Instead, flipping it and going, how do you feel? Libby Trickett. If I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, I actually just sit down. And Taria Pitt. Sometimes you can be saying to your kid, don't do that. They don't listen. And I think they sometimes have to figure it out for themselves. To talk about the many ways we can shape our kids. From teaching them about resilience to being brave and being kind, we'll work out how to help your little people to grow into their best, most creative selves. Plus, to make sure we're getting it right, each episode we will be joined by founder of Connected Parenting and parent educator Jen Muir. I'll pick her brains about some tangible tips we can instill in our kids. Today, we're talking about creativity creative parenting and creative kids and why it matters. And I can tell you there's about 20 minutes of solid discomfort Mm. where they're nagging, they're whinging, they're hungry, they're asking for TV, they're Mm. telling me I'm a terrible (laughs) mum. And you push through 20 minutes of discomfort and then magic happens. You may know Sam Moran as one of the Wiggles. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show today. We're the Wiggles. I'm Murray. I'm Jeff. I'm Anthony. We're happy to welcome Sam, the new Yellow Wiggle. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here. But his knowledge about entertaining kids and why we need to keep them creative began way before that. Sam studied classical voice and music education at the Sydney Conservatorium of Music way before he ever wore the yellow skivvy. On a practical level, Sam also knows the pain and joy and intensity of life with toddlers. He has two daughters, one's 12 and the other is 18 months old. Sam, welcome to the show. Now, tell me, how are things at your place? Are things nice and relaxing with an almost two-year-old? <laughs> is any house nice and relaxing with an almost two-year-old? No, it's um, it can be sometimes. Sometimes it's very nice and relaxed. Other times it's pure mayhem, as, yep. as all parents will know. Toys everywhere? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so 
honestly, though, how do you find energy to be creative when you are parenting a toddler? And obviously, you have an older child as well. It can be hard to find the energy to do those sort of optional things. So does creativity come naturally to you? With uh, my job being a creative job for toddlers as well, (laughs) it maybe feels like a bit more work than other people may feel as well, because it's something that I'm doing even when my child's not around. So, you know, more often than not, it's really always about letting the child lead the way anyway. So it's really just responding to whatever they seem to be showing interest in and really responding to that and supporting that at all. Yeah, I've learned that the hard way when I've set up a paint station, taking me half an (laughs) hour. And then he's like, no, I don't want to do that, mummy. (laughs) It took me so long. But then obviously they want to build a cubby house. (laughs) Absolutely. But they may have said they wanted to paint to start with. Yeah, they always do. But by the time it's ready. Yes. Yes. So some kids... And also even adults, I guess, are naturally more creative than others and in different ways. Some can draw, some can play music, some Mm -hmm. can't really do anything, I guess, naturally. How do you feel that we encourage kids, maybe without that natural creative skill, to feel comfortable just playing and being creative? It's simply that, right? It's just play. If you think about it that way, then you take out the assumption that you're not good at creativity. You understand that these children are learning everything for the first time and experiencing everything for the first time. They're not holding you up to the standards of some creative thing that you may be holding yourself up to. Everything is exciting to them. Everything is new and fun. So it's about play and exploring through their own play and then really just exploring the world in different ways. It might be tangible things by touching and sensory things like that as well. All these things are just different inputs into creativity. That's so true. And I guess they don't know that they've got a terrible voice or that they're a terrible drawer. When I was studying music education at the Conservatory of Music before Wiggles, one of the things that broke my heart was we were taught that the reason most people think they can't sing is because they were told so. I will never forget high school Which is awful. choir <laughs> and they we all had to sing in the class and they would walk around and listen and you got like a yes or a no on you. And when I got my no, I was like, I'm never singing again. And now I only sing in the car with myself. <laughs> And, wi- and Whitney on very loud. And see, isn't this awful? Because the problem is, is that very young children, toddlers and preschoolers, they're physically only able to sing five notes. Their vocal cords only stretch that far. Wow. And as we grow older, they learn to stretch and move. And we actually, through singing, stretch those vocal cords to be able to sing more and more notes. That's fascinating. So during that time, we're being told that we're not very good singers or yeah. um, when we're not physically able to. Sure. But then for the rest of our lives, we think we can't sing. Yeah, someone said it and it sticks with you, exactly. doesn't it? Oh, Let's talk about parents. So I'm a pretty good drawer, mm-hmm. like I said, terrible singer. So a parent might be less comfortable being creative around their children yeah. or just in general because perhaps they don't feel like they're good at something. But it's so important, as we know, to play and let kids be creative. How do you think uncomfortable parents can model creative play? How do we throw caution to the wind? I don't think any of us parents feel embarrassed about things in front of our children. We only really feel embarrassed about things in front of other adults. Yes. Um, So maybe it's just finding quiet time for you and your child where you can be a silly, daggy dad Put music on really loud and dance to it, like yes. really, and show yourself having fun, giving permission to your child to have fun also. That's so true. I agree. I always think I'm too busy. It feels silly. But once you've started, it's actually so fun. Absolutely. And you know what? We need it too. Yeah, it's so good for yeah. your soul. Now, what are your tips for getting creative with kids and how do you do it with your daughter? Well, I let her lead the way. We obviously have different environments where we might go out to a playground or we might have her bedroom and have little stations set up. But it's about letting her lead the direction of where she wants to go 
and then going in deep. <laughs> Does she know Daddy's a good singer? I don't think she has much comparison. If anything, she just knows I'm singing. Yeah, right. And so I would imagine she has no context of she, <laughs> like, about whether Dad's on TV or Dad's. Yeah. On, she probably thinks every yeah, Dad's normal. on TV. Yeah, like, my dad's on dad TV. that little exactly. on the thing. Exactly. And does she enjoy singing? She does, absolutely. Yeah. She's enjoying singing. And like I was saying about the only being able to sing a few notes, things like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star has about five or six notes, and that's oh. why children love singing that song. So that's an age-appropriate one. Exactly. After the break, we're joined by parenting expert Jen Muir to unpack Sam's suggestions. But first, a message from our partners, Lego Duplo. When it comes to creativity and toddlers, there's nothing better than Lego Duplo because the sets really do bring our kids' ideas to life. Take my three-year-old son. He loves to create towers and castles with his Lego Duplo bricks and I love watching him interact with his toys when he is in his imaginary world acting out pretend conversations. As he sees them flying around the tower to the castle, it helps him unlock his imagination and independent thinking. The Lego bricks are bright and colourful and open-ended and he truly loves immersing himself in his own world. And hey, I've got to say it's fun for me too. Start off big with Lego Duplo. So we've heard from Sam, the former Wiggle, and now it's time to check in with our resident expert in all things kids. Jen Muir is a parenting educator and the mum of four boys. She's the owner of Connected Parenting and she helps parents in the first five years of raising kids. She's like Yoda when it comes to this stuff. And for the next eight episodes, she's going to be our resident guru. Jen, Sam spoke a lot about letting your child lead. I want to do that, but I don't know what that means. So how do we do that? You are not alone. I think a lot of parents don't really know how to do that, particularly when our kids are struggling or we're not exactly sure what that means. So I'd love to unpack that a little bit. Please, I need help. (laughs) What do we do? You know, what we need to do is actually stand back a bit even when our kids are struggling. And before you think I sound a bit mean, I want to explain (laughs) what I mean. So with a very little child, just say they're trying to put two Lego bricks together and we want to step in. We don't want to see them struggling. You know, we want to help our kids. Yes. And actually in terms of building creativity, one of the best things we can do is stand back and allow that. Mm -hmm. And one of the techniques that I would give to parents is you can commentate a little bit. Oh, I can see. Yeah, you're trying to put those together. Not really stepping in until we need to. And that allows our kids to build a little bit of that creativity. What do you do when they're starting to get a little bit frustrated in that space? Because I try, well, actually, no, I just take over straight away. Because you're (laughs) right, I don't want to see them uncomfortable, but then they're not learning. But you can see them starting to get a bit frustrated. Is it words of encouragement? The opposite. I would sit in that feeling. And this is the bit we struggle with as parents. And we're going to be talking a lot about this, you and I. Mm -hmm. Um, But what we want to do is sit in that emotion. We want to tell our kids, yeah, you're frustrated. Because it's through frustration. It's through that process. That's how we learn. And that's how we can stick with it and be creative in our solutions to a problem. Wow. But the other thing I wanted to touch on is it's so hard for us not to take over. And I don't know if you're the same as me, but we have a preconceived idea of how we want things to look. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I went to a gingerbread house making day last year. Mm. And what I noticed was not just me, but all the mums, gosh, we have so much trouble not taking over. Oh, yeah. Right? Because we want it to look a certain way and we want 
want to help our kids with it. And I think the other thing of letting your child lead is parking that a little bit at the door. Mm. If your child wants to put that gingerbread house <laughs> roof on the floor oh, and exactly overload that house with lollies, yep. it's about trusting that it's that creative process. It's not how it looks. Yep. And in fact, we don't need to teach our kids to be creative. Yes. They are creative. Yes. It just doesn't look like a grown-up's picture of a house no, or a grown-up's because- picture of a built block house or whatever. Is it a preconceived adult notion of what is creative? Maybe all kids are creative, but it's just not what we picture in our head. I think all kids are absolutely intrinsically creative. And I think the thing to think about is that when we're looking at creating the space for that or fostering that, what we want to do, it's the opposite of doing something about it. We want to do less. Mm. So the biggest thing about our world is it is so busy. Mm-hmm. When do our kids get a chance to be bored And creativity comes from boredom. Mm. And that is what's so challenging for us as parents. We want to schedule our kids. We want to create opportunities and and take them to all these activities. And yet, when was the last time your child said, I'm bored? It's interesting because my son's three and he's just learned that phrase. And he does say, mum, I'm bored. And what do you say? I quickly try and give him a thousand options. Yes. (laughs) Do you want to watch this? Let's build this. Let's paint this. So I want to suggest an alternative. Mm. You can get quite excited about that, hang here with me, and you can say, wow, I can't wait to see what you come up with. Mm. What a fantastic opportunity. And with my four boys, when I first started doing this, like stepping out of being responsible for finding their fun. Yes, you know, that's being their can, entertainer. Yeah, and actually the best and kindest thing we can do is step out of that. And I started doing this with my boys many years ago. And I can tell you there's about 20 minutes of solid discomfort mm. where they're nagging, they're whinging, they're hungry, they're asking for TV, they're mm. telling me I'm a terrible mum. <laughs> yep. And you push through okay. 20 minutes of discomfort and then magic happens. And you can spot your child, no joke, just watching a ladybug crawl along the ground or suddenly two of my kids will be playing together and doing something really creative that, you know, they're using a toy in a completely different way. Yes. Okay. Okay. I can do that from now on. I think when Sam kept saying, you know, let them lead and step out of the way. And that's what I wanted to unpack. It's actually pushing through a bit of discomfort sometimes. It's so true. I think we have a baby and we get given a message almost from birth. When that baby cries, it's your job to fix it or solve it or do something about it. Stop it. And you know what? Some of the time, that's our job as parents, but some of the time that's not our job. Sometimes that expressing of boredom or Mm. frustration, that's just letting out an emotion that's as healthy as happiness. Yes, it's so true. Okay. I want to ask about screens. Yeah. Is there creative play on a screen? Does that exist or is a screen a cop-out? Like, (laughs) please tell me they can go together. Okay. I think screens are part of our world. They are an excellent way to entertain your kid when you need it, but I don't think it's as creative as what we know kids need is free space, unstructured place. So whether they're outside in nature or inside with their toys, it's not having a plan and being able to just play in a really free way yeah. where they're organically go where their organically, mind takes yeah, it. Just yeah, putting the man on the moon in the spaceship, you know, whatever's yeah. happening. 
I don't think that's happening as much on a screen. But there are great educational benefits in screens and they're part of our world. And let's face it, I wouldn't want to have parented without an iPad. (laughs) I don't know about you. Well, that's good to hear from you. Honestly, I I know you've got four. I've only got one. But yes, it has its place, I guess. It has its place. And this is the world these kids are going to live in. And we've got to allow other opportunities for play as well. That's fair. Talk to me about dirty play because my toddler (laughs) loves to get dirty. Dirty play. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Let's we'll keep it PG on this one, but I think I've read that them kind of getting dirty and even playing with their food and mess. Mm. Mess is good, right? Do you have trouble with mess? I'm getting better. <laughs> my husband has more trouble even at the dinner table. I can tell my son's full and he'll start to play with yeah. his food. And I say to my husband, you know, I know that's age appropriate, but as an adult. You find that hard. Yeah, but it's important, right? It's really important. So, yeah, playing with our food for kids is how they actually are trying those foods. So it's really part of the sensory process mm. of learning new things. You know, for them, it's a whole body experience. You know, I don't know if your son's the same. You know, they eat a chocolate and it's just all oh, over the face, all yes. over the hands, all over the body. Yep. It is a whole body experience. It's a sensory thing. It's how they're learning about their world. And so it is so important. And it's part of them becoming really confident explorers with food. So if we Mm. want kids to try more food, playing with it really is the way forward. It can also be a sign, though, he is only three. He's Mm. a little boy. He can probably only sit for about 10 minutes. So once he starts throwing that food off the table, for (laughs) example, he's letting you know, I'm done. I'm done. And that's all he can do. In terms of the world, absolutely. You know, one of the best things we can do in terms of creativity is allowing our kids to get messy and dirty and play in the mud. And, but that's you know. such a good point you make about the 10 minutes. So I'll set up a paint station. I'm thinking I'm the best mum in the world and he'll do it for five to 10 minutes. Is that age appropriate? hundred percent. Okay. You know, we really, and little bodies at three, they want to move and constantly move. So if he's doing 10 minutes, he's doing amazing. So that was a successful paint station. That was messy a very paint. successful oh, paint station. But it's good to know because sometimes, you know, the guilt and you feel like you've failed if, you know, you've put in this effort to set up whatever play it is that they're into. But knowing that that's age appropriate and still a successful venture. Super successful. And then we can maybe change the setting. So if it worked there for 10 minutes and then later that afternoon set it up with a brush and some water on the fence. Yes. And he can paint the fence. Or, you know, we can just change it up. Yeah. And anything that he can move his body while doing that as well. If he's a busy little guy, like many of my kids have been. One last question, very selfishly for me. I've got an only (laughs) child. He always wants me to play with him. Yeah. Which I guess is very kind and normal. But as an adult, now after this episode, I'm definitely going to try and learn to love to play more, but I don't love playing for hours on end. I don't love playing for hours on end. Thank you. Okay. I love hearing that. We don't have to. (laughs) I want to play with him, but I also want to foster his imagination and creativity in that he feels comfortable playing alone. Is that normal for a child to want to play alone or am I expecting too much? Kids do want us. I mean, we are their sun, their moon, their universe. So they will seek out as much of us as we can. Mm -hmm. And our job as parents is to sort of set a boundary around what we are willing and not willing to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, after four kids, I don't do much trampolining, (laughs) Um, you know, and I will just say, look, I don't want to jump on the trampoline with you. I will do this. So it's about, I guess, picking something that you do love doing with him, Mm -hmm. doing that wholeheartedly two feet Mm -hmm. and no phone yes yeah all of that but then saying to him okay I know you want mummy to keep playing I'm now going to cook the dinner Mm -hmm. and I can't wait to see what you get up to here 
check back in and you build that ability to play independently as a skill. So if you're like me, you might not be able to bang out a tune on the piano that you're proud of or even paint a decent picture, but creativity is still a key part of your child's development. So even if being creative isn't where you feel totally comfortable, it's important we make our kids feel comfortable here. And it's not about spending hours painting a masterpiece, which I was so happy to hear. It's about finding a way to let that natural creativity flow. Next week on How to Build a Human, we're checking in on Bachelor star and mum of four, Snezana Wood. We'll be talking with her and Jen Muir about bravery. Letting them go, oh, wow, I did that. I was scared and I did that anyway. How do we help our kids grow courage and why does it matter? How to Build a Human was produced by Liz Keane and Eliza Ratliff for Mamma Mia. I'm Lee Campbell. See you next week. It can be tricky raising little humans, and sometimes the best advice comes from parents also in the thick of it. That's why we want to hear from all parents in our short survey. Head over to the show notes and by completing the survey, to thank you for your time, you will go into the running to win a $50 gift voucher. This episode of How to Build a Human was made in partnership with Lego Duplo. To help build resilience, confidence and self-expression, start off big with Lego Duplo.